You're listening to a bonus episode of the West End Frame Show. Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of the West End Frame Show. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins, and today we are shining the spotlight on two totally different shows. We have something a little bit different for a change. I'm excited. Coming up, I'll be chatting to David Williamson, the ringmaster of Circus 1903, which runs at the Royal Festival Hall this Christmas. But first, the world stage premiere of The Seven Pomegranate Seeds is currently underway at the Rose Theatre in Kingston. It sounds like a very exciting project, and I'm very excited that one of the play's two stars, Neve Cusack, is here with me now. Neve, welcome to the West End Frame Show. Thank you, Andrew. It's lovely to it's lovely to talk to you. And actually, I can see you because we're doing a Zoom. It's lovely. I know. It's lovely <laughs> to see you. Where are you right now? Paint the picture. I am actually in um, in the office, one of the offices of the Rose Theatre. But we're actually. It's so exciting. Today is our first day in the actual theatre and I had a beautiful cycle ride because I live not too far away along the river which was gorgeous and it's a beautiful autumn day uh, and I've obviously I've worked at the Rose a couple of times um, and I I really love it here I, I love that it's uh, you know that it's a local theatre that it that it you know it it's there for the people of Kingston and people from roundabout Kingston, Kingston, as well as people coming, obviously, from from the centre of London, I hope, from all over London, I hope. To and see it's our a lovely play. space, isn't it? It's a really nice, beautiful auditorium. Yes, it is. It is, and especially now they've there was a there was there, there was um because uh, it's based on the original Rose Theatre, the design of the of the stage. Um, there used to be a place for um, the you, people who didn't pay for seats who could just sit with cushions on the floor. But that actually created a sort of gap between the actors and the audience. And now they fill that in with more seats. So it's actually, I think it's a fantastic space. And this is one of the few theatres, I think, now who is conti- that, that that's continuing with... Um, socially distanced performances so it's very very safe or as safe as you can be there's there's gaps between uh Mm -hmm. little little bubbles of audience members so um and it's a big enough theater to be able to do that you know the smaller theaters just can't do that but but this is a big enough theater to be Mm -hmm. it it holds about 900 people i think Mm. so tell me about the seven pomegranate seeds when you heard about this what (gasps) what were your first how how did you hear about it What, what happened Okay, so I did this play for radio uh, about, I think about three or four years ago um, with two other uh, actresses. And um, and obviously I met Colin, who who wrote it, Colin Tivan. And he said that he had always imagined it as a theatre piece. And um, that's that's how he wrote it, was thinking of it as a theatre piece. 
And then I did my brilliant friend uh, with Melly Still, who is directing Seven Pomegranate Seeds. And at, when we were in, in at the National, because obviously my brilliant friend started at the Rose and then went to the National Theatre. But when we when we were at the National, towards the end, I don't know, I woke up one morning and I thought, I must give Melly this script uh, because I, I had a feeling that maybe we could do it at somewhere like Edinburgh. That, but I just thought she was the right person to be, to be wed to that, to that particular play. Anyway, she took it away and I heard no more. And then in the very early days of lockdown, she rang me and she said, how would you feel about doing seven pomegranate seeds at the Rose? Because we're both, um, associate artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we both have an, uh, you know, a love of the theatre and a love of, um, of, of, and we both, we both clearly loved the play. And, um, I said, yes. And she said, I want to do it with two actresses rather than three, which is what we did with the radio. And I think there'd been a reading with seven actresses because there are seven stories. And I think there had been one version, uh, that Claire Higgins did, which was just one, just her on her own. And I, I thought, yes, you know, whatever I, I kind of, all I knew was that I loved the play. And I also knew that Melly was the sort of, she has the sort of imagination that will respond to storytelling like this. And I know I'm right. Having done three weeks rehearsal uh, with her, there's stuff she came up with in the rehearsal room that just took it to another level. And the other actress that she cast uh, as uh, the other there's woman 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 one and woman two and um and shannon hayes is a, is such a gifted young actress um who is playing the other woman and between us we tell the story it's very very you know it's equally uh we we both play equally important parts we we take part in each other's stories it, it the, the stories um uh they have a through line because in the end you realize although it's seven women's stories it's actually could be every woman or it's bits of every woman it's a modern modern retelling of seven euripides characters seven women that appear in Euripides plays and Colin has done this really amazing witty uh, uh strong passionate um provocative oh, oh. <laughs> uh, sorry my 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 um my little earphone dropped out uh, yeah he's done he's done an amazing version in verse it's in verse so wow. it's very oh, wow. it's it, yeah but it's like it's modern language it's not um yoldy language yeah, yeah um yeah. he's done a fantastic job and it's a journey that you go on with these characters and i think because of the way Melly has staged it and the way she's encouraged us to explore it. You're also going on a journey with two actresses in a theatre with mm. very little set. Uh, a, quite, she's using, um, uh, the same, uh, lighting designer and the same sound designer that she used for my brilliant friends. So they're incredibly gifted, um, artists really who can create a lot of the world with light and sound and whatever set there is is designed by Melly who is a designer 
as well as a director. So it's, wow. um, I, I mean, she's, she's got a, a, a fantastic team around her of uh, a wonderful assistant designer, a wonderful assistant director and a wonderful, um, um, stage management team. But it, 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 it's, it, the people that she's working with are all people who've worked with her before mm. and, um, and speak her language. Mm. And I think, I think, uh, I think it's a really special thing. I think it'll be exciting. I think it is, is pure theatre. So for those of your listeners who, um, have missed actually being in a theatre and seeing a theatrical event, this is the one to come to. It's, mm. it's not a film. It's not a telly. It's a play in a theatre. And these seven stories sound quite real and relatable i mean like it says here a charting a journey through rage and redemption towards a compelling conclusion i mean it just sounds real and relatable is that is that true i think that is true it starts from a very young girl a girl in her early teens and it goes right through to a woman probably my age in her 60s so it's uh and 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 we share that journey me and shannon so so we 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 go through all the it's a bit like the seven ages of man but it's the seven ages of women mm. tell me about your relationship with taking on new work and diving into new things i mean one thing that always stands out on your cv i'm sure everyone wants to talk to you about is curious instant and the amazing journey you had there bringing it into the west end and i guess you must never know when you start working on some pieces where it's going to take you I mean look at this you did this as radio piece and here you are now talking to me about it you know a few years later yeah yeah well I think um I mean I love plays of all kinds I think that it is very very exciting thinking that you're doing a play that's never been seen before that is very exciting um just because you're it's like you have a, a present, you have a little secret present that you're going to open up and, and people are going to see for the first time. You're sharing it. Um, I, I love doing that. And I think probably, possibly the experience I have doing classical plays, and I've done a lot of classical plays, you know, Shakespeare, mm-hmm. um, Ibsen, Chekhov, Friel. Um, I, I think that, that, when a play is really well written, you see how much new writers uh, have 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 garnered from from the the classical plays. Because you know how to make a good play, you know a good beginning, middle, and end, and characters that you really engage with, and language that draws you in, and images that draw you in. Um, you know there, there there's lessons to be learnt from from the people who've been who did it you know, before you. And I think there is a real sense of that tradition in Colin's play. And I think that there generally is in, in every good play, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's Colin or Sarah Kane or, you know, it, whoever it's, um, I, I, I think, you know, it, there is a tradition. We are, we are sort of passing things on. And in a way, I think it's been a delight for me to work with someone like Shannon, who's young and new, um, she ha- I, I, I think we've shared stuff. I, I, I have appreciated her kind of take on things, her clarity, 
her her vision of the play, um, her humor. Um, so all of that, you know, every play is a collaboration, Andrew. You're only as good really as the everybody, as everybody. And we all that's the wonderful thing about being an actor is it's it's about sharing with other people and and actually discovering things really only because of the other people in the room whether it's mm. the writer or the director or the uh or the other actors and i've benefited from all of them on this one oh incredible everyone needs to come and see it they don't have long it's seven pomegranate seeds runs from the 4th to the 20th of november yes, yes. thank you so much for chatting to me a total delight <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Lovely talking to you. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Neve. She is a total dream. Uh, next up, we are going to chat about Circus 1903, which runs at the Royal Festival Hall this Christmas from the 16th of December to the 2nd of January. The production showcases an array of performers from across the globe alongside much-loved acts from previous years, bringing all the glamour and romance of the golden age of Circus to the London stage. Ringmaster David Williamson is here with me now to tell me all about it. I'm excited to get on the goss. David, welcome to the West End Frame Show. Thank you so much. It's a, a pleasure to be here. Where, where in the world are you right now, David? I'm in a little town called Yellow Springs, Ohio. Ah. If you ever come to America and decide to go somewhere uh, besides New York or L.A., come to the middle of the country, and if you like corn and cows... You will love Yellow Springs, Ohio. Have you had some downtime then? Have you had some time not performing? I need to get the hell out of here, Yellow Springs, Ohio. All there is is corn and cows. I don't know if you've heard. Downtime. I've been here for a year and a half. So have you not? I've well, been, I've been not on the been... road for 10 years. And this is so much. But the, luckily, my family's got to know me again, and my dogs don't uh, growl at me when I come, you know, to the front door. And so, will London be your first time performing? London will. Well, uh, not quite. Uh, a few months ago, uh, I was in a cast of The Illusionists, uh, which is a magicians' review show, big stage show. We did that in Kansas City at an outdoor amphitheater back in the summer. So I did a week there. That was my first time shaking the uh, cobwebs off. But yes, in essence, this London will be my first, yeah, time back on stage really in a long time. How long, how, what's your history with Circus 1903? How? Well, how long? we started in, uh, I think, 2015 uh, in Australia. The show was put together there. and We toured around Australia and uh, featured it at the uh, Sydney Opera House. And uh, then we toured the U.S. for many months and had a residency in Las Vegas. And this will be our uh, third year back in London. What were London audiences like? What What's it you like know, doing our, this show in London? Our show finally found its footing in London. It found its audience. It found its reason to exist in London over the holidays at South Bank said it really did. You know, our show is not a Las Vegas show. We sat down in Las Vegas for six months and it was just, we were a pair of, you know, brown shoes on a, on a tuxedo there or something. I don't know what the metaphor would be, but 
we were the only overtly family-friendly show, and people were show-weary and, you know, kind of intoxicated and saw this charming little circus show and didn't want quite know what to make of it. But when we hit London in the holidays and the families came out, they got it. They understood. Mm. It's a love letter to the traditions of the circus. It's a wonderful holiday coming together of the community, of families, and so forth. And, you know... People love, in, in England, it's a wonderful tradition to go out in the, during the holidays, to go to the theater, go to the West End. But sometimes grandfather doesn't always want to see a complicated, you know, a musical with a message and so forth. They just want to be entertained, a little panto, a little yeah. uh, acrobatics and uh, some, some, some showbiz production and so forth. And that's kind of what we offer. We, it's a very sweet show. It's very funny. It's very thrilling. It's dangerous. And it's got something for everybody is my point. And London kind of got it, especially the holidays in London. That's where we found our footing. Well, what I find it interesting, so I primarily do cover musicals and yeah. and kind of and plays but over the years i've been doing this job for about nine years on and off and i've seen various different circus shows come to london yeah and it's been so interesting to see how circus as a genre has evolved i mean i guess maybe you mentioned the vegas thing a lot of it maybe does come out of vegas but i've seen sexy circus i've seen naked circus i've seen all sorts of mad <laughs> absolutely things. i mean the circus it's a big tent so to speak isn't it with all sorts <laughs> of creativity and and interpretations of what circus is and you know famously the circus has shut down in america uh because of the um you know elephants and dwindling audiences and so forth and it's being reinvented in the theater world now mm. uh, because where are these artists going to go they have these incredible artists incredible creators and and uh you know you add a little theatrical production to a traditional circus and you have uh, evocative lighting and you have cinematic uh, music and you have incredible costumes that are period correct and then you have these incredible puppets which we could talk about and it's it's a theatrical circus. It's a proscenium circus. Uh, there's not much of a narrative. It's a day. The circus comes to town. It's small town, you know, mm. is, is kind of our narrative. You see these uh, the day uh, in the life of a circus. But, yeah, it, that's our interpretation. Mm. But I guess I've seen, I've seen incredible. I mean, the things I've seen have been amazing. And it's been amazing to see how the genre has, like, progressed and developed. But what yeah. I like about this is... I, you know what I saw as a child in circus tents seems like long gone but I love mean, it you said beautifully and it says it here is. the glamour it's and a, romance of the golden age of circus I mean it really it is it's like a love letter lovely. isn't it um you know many of our artists they they did a worldwide search for top level artists the producers did because they had dabbled in some circus shows in the past and the illusionists and so forth in that world but they did a very serious talent search. And these, the people on our show are people who would have won top prize at the Grand Prix Circus in Monte Carlo, you know, and so forth. And they're fourth and fifth and sometimes sixth generation circus families. You know, there's deep traditions in the circus. And our artists, when we put this show together and finally got it on its feet in, in Australia, uh, Maria, who was one of our tightrope uh, walkers from a fourth generation family in Mexico, Guadalajara, she said, you know, this is like a love letter to my ancestors, to the traditions of the mm. circus, because tradition is very important to the people uh, who have come up through the circus, you know. So we honor a lot of those traditions. And yeah. Can I ask about your family and what do they think of you going off and leaving them all this time? Are they in the industry? <laughs> They're like, they... it's about time. It's about time, you know. Uh, 
that's been, you know, any performer will tell you, especially performers with a family, that's the rhythm of the family. You know, uh, the performer in the family goes away for a bit and comes back and goes away and comes back and absence makes the heart grow fonder. When the performer is home all the time for a year and a half, it's a, it's a little, <laughs> it can drive the rest of the family crazy. Plus you're the breadwinner. So but what they're happy you... to see me perform. There's, they can tell that I've got more of a spring in my step, you know, as they yeah. get closer to coming to London. They're like, oh, he's woken up from his slumber. You know? <laughs> but do you genuinely enjoy like life on the road and being away? Because imagine it, it's, it's hard and it you're gets, going to it completely gets, different climates. It's exactly what you would think it would be. It's, it's, it does get difficult. But, you know, when you're not out on the road, you miss it, of course. Like the road calls, doesn't it, to all performers, you know, because that's where your audience is. You have to, you have to go through the, the, grueling, uh, the grueling aspects of being on the road to get in front of that audience because that's when life begins, when the lights come up and you step on that stage. That's the drug that we all kind of are chasing, you know. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so I'm in London, in, in the South Bank Center, in the Festival Hall there for this circus. <clears throat> I don't know. We just found a home there. So to me, it'll be like coming home again because I've been coming to the UK for over 30 years. I'm, my background is as a magician. And uh, so I've been doing shows there and and – I have so many friends there and being there over the holidays is truly magical. So I, mm. I'm really excited, as you can tell, to be coming back. <laughs> what, um, what are the acts that the people should be looking out for? When you mention puppets, is this maybe at puppets with very long noses? No. I beg your pardon. Well, there's our juggler. I have a very long nose. You know, we have, we have a lot of people. No, yes, absolutely. You're absolutely. How did you know that? Yes, we have these incredible puppets. Now, I saw, I was looking at your podcast. You had the magician's elephant. Yeah. You were, talking to, were you talking to producers there or We were talking to some of the cast, yeah. Fantastic. Because they have the sibling of one of our elephants. Uh, Merv Miller and... Uh, Tracy Waller built our ours was the first elephant they built. Wow! The first, we have Queenie, and our baby elephant is Peanut, and then they've uh, taken this elephant and made a sibling for them for the magician's elephant. So it's the same uh, puppeteers and the same puppet company that made our puppets, and it was a really huge undertaking. Obviously, it was a year to develop these incredible lifelike puppets, and it was the same people who worked on Warhorse and so forth. In fact, most mm. of our puppeteers are veterans of that show, Warhorse. And, wow, and it's, it's a super art form. Large, large form yeah. puppetry is a real art form. You know, I saw the Magician's Elephant last week, and and how was it? Oh, incredible! I mean, it was the elephant that got me. Yeah. When the elephant stepped on stage during our first uh, dress rehearsal, and we'd seen this elephant backstage, and we saw all the puppeteers working with it, and there's a lot of gears and pulleys, and, you know, it's a big puppet. But when it came to life with the music and the lights and the mist, and it walked on stage, the, mm. all of us had a lump in our throat. Uh, audiences are not prepared for the, the emotional response to these elephants. It's one thing to have a puppet on stage, like in Lion King or something, but when they're life-size, a grand big, beautiful animal like this, moving slowly. And the the puppeteers are so amazing. It's like War Horse. You, you really forget their puppets. Oh. It's truly magical. It's the magic of the theater. They become real, don't they? Mm. It's impossible not to feel like you're in the room with a, a real elephant. I mean, and it seems out that they're in these puppeteers are in a show like this, alongside literally like athletes and circus performers, you know, top of their trade because I always think I watch those performers in shows and I'm like you are superhuman well yeah. our yeah our, our puppeteers are athletes themselves I mean the, you know it's, an, it's incredible everybody in the show is in top physical you have to be because we'll be doing three shows a day and that's a Ooh. lot for, for, for anyone let alone all this physical activity 
For me, I, I don't know if I'll get through it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm just doing card tricks. <laughs> Listen, everyone needs to come to Royal Festival Hall. They can see Circus yeah. 1903. Circus 1903. 16th of December through to the 2nd of January. Bring your grandkids, bring your grandpa. Bring everybody. It is jubilant. I will, that's the word I've been using. It's jubilant. You'll you'll love it. Mm, Something amazing. for everyone. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much, David. Bye-bye. And there we go. Thank you so much again to Neve and David for joining me today for this sneaky little bonus episode of the West End Frame Show. It's so exciting that theatre is back in all its forms, all across London and beyond. There is no shortage of things to see, literally something for everybody. Go and book some tickets and support as many shows as you can. It means so much to everybody involved. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Frame Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and follow. And you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and a rating. And it, it means the world. Your support is incredible. Thank you so much. We love hearing from you always. So follow West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can check out our interviews podcast in the frame. And I'll be back next week for another stage catch up.